Masters of Terror, three stories to thrill and chill. This is Slashers. I was trying to channel my John Carpenter working in the morgue. What'd you think of it? It was good. I liked it. You have to have a combination of the Crypt Keeper and Beetlejuice. I think that's a perfect description. Yeah. The hair of the Jewess, but the sarcasm and snark of the Crypt Keeper. Right, right. He just needs a little cackle at the end, and it would be perfect. Isn't it nice to refer to the Crypt Keeper without it being insulting of someone? I feel like every <laughs> time I ever mention X is like Crypt Keeper, it's like, sick burn, bitch. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, you're married. How dope is that? It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, we were already living together, so it's not like it was once upon a time. In thin. I know, right? Where, uh, you know, everybody gives us gifts like, uh, here is a toaster for your home. Like, no, we don't need that shit. We've already had it. So in the gifts that you open the next day, my wife and I were talking about this. She was like, oh, I really liked that. It was a nice, cute thing that we did the day after our wedding. I remember feeling so awkward. Like, I'm just opening a bunch of presents nobody's around i can't say thank you i'm just writing on a little pad of paper like x got me y I'm yeah like, you know what's funny about that is uh we'd even wait till the next day what? it was that night when we got back to the fucking house like greedy little people like fucking what do we have no you actually fucking it was, goblins <laughs> we opened up a bottle of wine uh that was one of our gifts which was funny it was game of thrones wine uh, actually it was really good Hashtag we, too soon. We opened up a bottle of wine. We went to, uh, we jumped in the spa. Bone zone. We yeah. jumped in the hot tub. Then we opened up all the presents. You can finally admit that you've had intercourse now because you're married. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> it was sticky and hot. <laughs> uh, what was the best gift that you got? Don't say who it was from. <laughs> I was, I had an itch in my nose. So it wasn't a pick, it was an itch. I don't know. I think probably. What are those little Funko? Is it Funko? Funko Pops. Right. Fun- Funko Pop Night King from Game of Thrones, which was pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that one of the white guys? Yeah, one of the, yeah. The one the, who's like all on fire and is like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly that guy. Dude, um, and that we, guy pissed. I, I have, okay, so I have no context. I haven't watched Game of Thrones in season one. Right. So I keep seeing this meme coming up where people are like, you know, unvaccinated kids and it's the fire and then it's like vaccinated person because he's like completely impervious to the fire. I'm like, I have, I have no context. I have never seen that meme, but my God, that is awful. There are so know. many and uh, people are so upset. I literally had, so this is weird, attorney clients, we're not, I'm not supposed to talk to the other side's client, right. but there was a situation where there were three of us standing next to the copy machine and the applicant in the case was yelling about Game of Thrones and was yelling about not only the Starbucks cup, but the water bottle and freaking out in the middle of court. And I was like, this doesn't fucking matter. Uh, and I can't be talking to you anyway. I don't, I mean, I can see why people are upset. It, it took a good portion of their lives. It was like 10 years plus. And then all of a sudden for it just end like that, like you did us all dirty. Like I'm pretty sure the writers are getting death threats. Oh, for sure. And the guys who are doing it are supposed to do the next Star Wars trilogy. And so, yeah, that they, they can get fucked. Well, the like <laughs> it's the dichotomy because it's like people didn't like what's his face, Ryan Johnson's, and they were in the good graces. But now it's like the roles have reversed and time has favored Ryan Johnson because people are like, oh, well, at least you try to do something different. These guys are going to do the same fucking thing. Yeah. And also, they ruined Game of Thrones. And I was like, why does it have to be either of them? Who gives a fuck? But the beautiful thing about it, and this is looping back around to what we were originally talking about. There are some pretty sweet fucking memes about like how awful the ending of Game of Thrones is. And I'm 
I'm not trying to give anything away to anybody. I'm just it. I didn't like it. And probably a majority of the other people didn't like it. Either. It was like a petition that has over 1.5 million signatures to get the whole season redone. <laughs> Which, yeah. So apparently HBO like literally gave them all of the money. They're like, here, you can do as many seasons as you need. Do three or four more seasons so we can wrap up all of the loose ends and everybody's happy. And they're like, eh, we got Star Wars. Fuck you guys. Hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. So they're and apparently, you know, it took them two years to do this final season. That is six episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. So I had watched the first season when it was current and then I knew I'd have to wait for second season. So I just never caught back on. And my whole philosophy has been and we've talked about this at length. Wait till it's finished and then you would sit down and watch it. Exactly. Especially after all of this backlash. Why the fuck would you want to? I'm not going to. It's just like with Lost. I've, I've never watched a single episode of Lost because my plan at that time was I'll wait, yep. I'll rent or buy the DVDs, and I'll check it out all at once. I don't want but the suspense. You know what? And everybody hated that ending. They're like, this is the worst thing I ever. Feel like this is genocide. This how, is patricide. I feel this like how epic the shows are. If you say Red it, Wedding to me, we're ending recording right now. Shut up. Everybody keeps saying, like, you need to at least see the Red no, Wedding. No, I was going to say, like, for how epic shows are and how long they are in um i guess going through their whole thing the ending is never what people expect it to be right because i feel like anybody everybody has their own way of thinking okay this is the perfect way this is going to end and it never works right because obviously you're going off of two guys who have no idea what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to the storyline because for the first like five seasons they were going directly from the source. Easily, the books. Yeah. It's copy-paste, yeah. Now they're going off of, oh, fuck, we have to actually kind of have some sort of idea or, I don't know, come up with something that's going to be relevant and please everybody. And they just kind of, I don't know, they just fucking willy-nilly. I heard a great rebuttal. So, you know, people are almost always upset by the ending of shows. And Stephen King brought up a great point, bringing back Dexter, horror. Seinfeld. Yeah. Two. Exactly. Okay. Stephen King was like, people don't like the ending because they don't want things to end. They want it to kind of go on in perpetuity. But I heard a great rebuttal, which was Futurama, which has ended multiple times and everyone is generally satisfying. Yeah. I was like, son of a bitch. That's a brilliant point. Yeah, it's totally true. But you can insert The Simpsons into this. <sighs> How the fuck is that going to end? <sighs> it's not. It's just, I guess, just going to keep going and going and going mm-hmm. and going. How is South Park going to end? God, remember that campaign last season when they like cancel South Park? And I was like, oh, my God, you're so edgy. You told us to cancel your show. Meanwhile, you're advertising your show and the thing about it. Like, come on, dog. That's like getting your uh, anarchy patch from Hot Topic. Unless things get canceled. I don't know. I I mean, things stay relevant, I guess, because they go off of uh, what's going on in the in the news. You know, they hit up like the the recent shit and the tabloids. But I don't know. Well, those shows have the benefit of being something current. Like you've never heard of a fantasy series that goes on forever. You know, like the, the sort generally fantasy stuff is based on a source material like a book because there's so much literature on it. And then when it goes off into the weeds, right. uh, it ends versus like something like a sitcom where like Perfect Strangers is a perfect example. By the time that show ended, it was such a relief to be done with it yeah. because they were clearly just like dredging up nothing. I'm wondering if they maybe can... Obviously, they're doing prequels for Game of Thrones, which I think is kind of cool. But I, I kind of like the thought of like reviving shows that maybe were cut short. Like 
Firefly. Body bags. Oh, keep going. No, <laughs> I was just going to say Firefly. Yeah, that's right? a great point. I don't know. It's well received and there's the fan outcry for it. I've, I've really been surprised that something like Amazon hasn't picked it up. But anyway, that ties in beautifully with this week's episode, Body Bags, which was originally conceived to be Showtime's uh, Ratatat competition with HBO's Tales from the Crypt. So they had conceived it. Apparently, these two writers pestered John Carpenter's staff for months to try and get him to read it. He was like, I don't like anthologies. I don't want to do that. But then when it was presented as an idea for a TV show, he's like, all right, let's talk about this. And it never got off the ground. So they just turned it into a movie. Yeah, I don't know. I like the thought of having uh, short 30 minute movies because you don't have to invest in really any of your time. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, this is it's, like we've talked about. Like, I love horror shorts because it's so great. You can just get it over it with in a, a succinct amount of time. Right, right. And it, and at with it being so short, they they can't afford to have any scenes where it just like drudges on. Oh, god! Right. Yeah. It it just constantly keeps moving. Well, there are even some scenes in this where you could have trimmed some fat, but I think that's because they were doing really minimal set pieces and stuff. Yeah. Like hair is probably the weakest one to me, even though it has the best effects, arguably. It's just like there are some scenes where he's sitting there looking in the mirror and petting his right, hair. Right, like, right. He's going through all the hair products and whatnot. Three yeah. or four seconds it's less. A little here tedious. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That's a perfect word for it. So, Brian, shall I get into some mud fucking trivia? Do it. Made for television, blah, blah, blah. Showtime originally intended, blah, blah, blah. An interview, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Carpenter, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, he described the project as fun, quick, and easy, like my sex life. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I have. We actually organically brought up all of my trivia for it. How neat yeah, is that? That's awesome. Shall we do the statistics for the week? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Super minimal. I don't got shit to say <laughs> because this wasn't a film. Yeah, in terms it's, not of like, it's not like there's an opening box office. I mean, there's an opening like when they came out with the film, but there's not like a gross or really anything, right? Or budget. I mean, the, the big problem is because it was being conceived as a TV anthology series, it's indeterminate as to how much it costs because it wasn't just that. The planning, the development, and all that was meant to be much longer. And it was shot on a low budget, but conceived with a big budget. So it's kind of you know, right, amorphous right, in right. that capacity as well. So I'm trying to look. I realized that I could still do the competition. I had kind of nihilistically been like, that doesn't mean shit. And so now I'm like, oh. are you doing competition based off of like, TV series, or are you going off of what came out in theater? Just what came out in theaters. Okay. Okay. So August. Oh, yeah. This is uh, funny enough. This is the week after. So I married a Mac, an axe murderer. <laughs> so it's fuck the, that movie. The fugitive, the meteor man, my boyfriend's back, the wedding banquet, heart and soul, and Jason goes to hell. The final Friday. <laughs> so that's neat. But yeah. Oh, and also the secret garden. Whatever the fuck that's all about. I think it's about. Yeah, I wish it smelled like a garden. <laughs> Isn't that what the Secret Garden's about? Sure. Is it? It's about the sick little kid who's like, Oh, my God, don't maybe work. I am so wrong. <laughs> oh, you were being legit. I thought that you were being jokey joke. I thought man. it was kind of like Eden's Garden. Like, nope. Hey, Never uh, mind. Chad, can I... you Google? <laughs> Make sure to go to incognito mode so your wife doesn't see you searching garden. <laughs> oh, sorry, garden vaginas. I don't want to be pejorative. The movie, it was August 8th, 1993. 8, 8.93. Yep. The runtime, 91 minutes. It's awesome. Oh, so it was nice. Perfect. It it's was like perfect. slipping into a warm bath. So if it's 91 minutes, that probably means each film, give or take, I'm thinking is about 
20 to 25 minutes with about 15 minutes of dialogue in between. I'd say it's more like 27 minutes because in, <laughs> well, yeah. 27 I, I, minutes I'm per? I'm being hyper-technical, but it's just like, you know, when you think about how like John Carpenter kind of chews the scenery and he does a really good job, but really his portions are super minimal. Just because yeah, was, they really are. Yeah. They really are. So yeah, I could but see that, that. That's a good thing to me. Like I wasn't trying to correct you in a negative way. I'm trying to just state it because. Just, just to adjust the amount of time that the movie, you, you're increasing the movie time and taking away some of Carpenter's time because you should. Yeah, you I shouldn't think take great. away from the actual because there are sometimes when the Crypt Keeper is talking and I'm like, bro, I don't just, give just, a fuck. Just get on with it. You're a puppet. Right. Stop. But I say that when I'm watching Fox News all the time. Hey, yo, I don't watch Fox News. That's the joke. <laughs> directed by John Carpenter and Toby Hooper. John Carpenter directed two of the segments. Toby Hooper just recorded directed rather hair. So there you go. When did you know that Toby Hooper had directed a Billy Idol music video? That's pretty sweet. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Billy Idol. So you with your Game of Thrones can have your red wedding. I'm going to be over here with Billy Idol with is my it, white wedding. Is it the white wedding? Is that what he white directed? White wedding. Oh. No, it was Dancing with Myself. Oh, okay. Where there's like the weird zombies and he's up on the rooftop dancing and they're yeah. talking about jerking his dick off. Yeah. yeah everybody true. thought that Green Day was so edgy for bite my lip and close my eyes, take me away to paradise. And I was like, come on. Billy let's Idol did that do. way long ago. Yeah. And in 1993, Toby Hooper also released Night Terrors. Hmm. The more you know. Written by Billy Brown and Dan Angel. So at the time that the, this movie was done, Dan had only written one thing, which was the homemade comedy special in 1984. And yet he was so confident in this product that he created with his writing partner that he presented it and got this made by a homemade, major network. Homemade comedy special? Yeah. It doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. It's just a blank thing. <laughs> I'm actually kind of interested to see what what the fuck's that? That's all It's about. just him and he has like a cat that he put like a funny <laughs> hat on and he's like, hey mom, will you look at me? I'm wearing my britches. <laughs> I like it. So Billy directed 13 episodes of Saturday Night Live. Then he did two episodes of Extreme Ghostbusters, one episode of X-Files, 12 episodes of Goosebumps, one episode of Animorphs, The Haunting Hour, and Monsterville. Wow. Jesus Christ. That is the most like kid-friendly 90s thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's funny because they're all kind of lumped into the same kind of genre. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. They both worked on Young Blades. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. It's because it's fucking terrible, but it's a Three Musketeers modernization. That's funny how you did that. You said it's fucking terrible, and then you followed it with but. Fucking terrible, but. Because otherwise, any other time you would say it the other way. But fucking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody's sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> music by John Carpenter and Jim Lang. Okay. You can totally tell Carpenter's stamp on this. Makeup by Rick Baker. He did three hours of makeup for John Carpenter a day on this. That's crazy. It, but it looks great. I no, think it looks awesome. really good. Absolutely. And he also won some form of award for it, but I don't remember what. It's some minor kind of award. Like so, a quick glance. I'm just like, oh, that's Michael Keaton. Oh, with uh, John Carpenter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my wife, uh, I was like, do you know who that is? And she was just at kind of at a loss. I was kind of trying to give her breadcrumbs for each, but she's not deeply entrenched in horror. So when I said John Carpenter, I was really pleased that she knew because she was, you know, everybody knows my favorite serious, like straight horror film is John Carpenter's The Thing. And very often I'll refer to it as such to specifically distance it from the Elizabeth Winstead remake right, or whatever, right, prequel, right. whatever you will. And uh, so she knew and I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> we're getting there, baby. There's a reason. Yeah, <laughs> truly, finally, after all these years. 
Anyway, is it time for nicknames, Brian? Nicknames? Snicknames. Let's Brick do it. Names. All right. John Carpenter has the corner. Does he need a nickname? Can we just call him the Crypt Keeper? I just think it's kind of, it's a little on the nose. What do you think? Either like Beetle Keeper or Crypt Juice. Crypt Juice. Yes. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Tom Arnold was the morgue worker. Toby Hooper was the other morgue worker. They don't need names because they say two lines of pop, I think. In the gas station, which was directed by John Carpenter, we had Robert Carradine as Bill, who you'll remember from Escape uh, or <laughs> Escape L.A., Revenge of the Nerds, and Sharktopus versus Terracuda. I think more more often than not, it's uh, Revenge of the Nerds for me. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. I, what was his name in Revenge of the Nerds? I can Google can't even, it. I can't even think of it. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm putting my money on Nerdotron sixty nine. I mean, you think we could just it? call him Nerd. 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 Whatever, nerd. Fucking nerd. Nerd. <laughs> Let's just uh, keep stretching it. Keep saying nerd over and over again while I Google Revenge of the Sith Nerds. So next we have Alex Datcher as Anne. So he was Lewis. That's a boring ass name. Fuck Lewis, Lewis nerd. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Lewis. Fucking Lewis. That'd yeah. be nerd. Alice uh, Alex Datcher, like you said, Anne. She was in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Suck it, Robbie. Eighteen Wheels of Justice. I don't know what that is, but I think we need to be watching it. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Texas Justice. You ever watch that show? It's like Judge Judy with a redneck. Does everybody end up on like the electric chair? <laughs> no, but that'd be so awesome. <laughs> this hair fella says that you didn't sell him a dog. You were contracted to sell him. Get in the chair. But your honor. <laughs> Go on, get. <laughs> anyway. Do we have do we have a nickname for Alex? Alex that that sure man. I don't know. She no, was I, she was uh not that great. So I don't know what Nothing. We'll do anything that you want for nope, her. I got nothing. We'll call her Training Day because it's her first day. And uh, it's also a reference to a movie that was pretty good. Okay. I like King it. Kong ain't got nothing on me. Remember Training Day? Is that from Training Yeah. He says it at the end when he's like freaking out. No, I really know. I, oh, I do know it's from Training You just wanted me to hit myself <laughs> in the chest again. Have you ever heard of Yogi Ramesh? No. Okay. So Yogi Ramesh is very famous for doing this thing called laughing yoga. It's awesome. I think it's a beautiful thing, but it's also fucking hilarious to laugh at and laugh with. One of the things he does, because he knows it's absurd, but the idea is that breathing uh, and laughing helps your blood flow and helps everything about yoga, helps you relax. Okay. So he it purposely kind of makes himself look like an idiot to get his students to benefit from it. So one of the things he does is, I am happy, I am relaxed. I am happy, I am relaxed. Boo, 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 boo. It's hilarious. So to my baby, who's 13 months old, I go, boo, 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 boo. And I poke her in the belly. And she loves it. Oh, and then she takes her fingers and she starts pecking herself in the chest. And she's like, ba 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 So that's what I just reminded myself of. I nice. went from Denzel like Washington it. to a yogi who's 90 years old to a 13-month-old baby. That's the way my brain works. <laughs> I like it. They have weird yoga, like oh, yeah. yoga with goats. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of that? I have. I mean, I'm I'm not knocking it. I would want to do yoga with goats, but well, it's sad because it's specifically baby goats, and I'm like, what happens when they get too old? <laughs> Does anybody ask these hard questions? Because I asked a yogi when I bought my wife her Mother's Day present, and she was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you should know, mm. but also their studio doesn't do it. We have Wes Craven as quote pasty faced man, just mm. creeper. Okay, yeah, I think that's good. Sam Raimi as Dead Bill. Dead Bill. Can we call him Evil Dead Bill? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, Lucy Borier as Peggy, also from The Next Generation, doesn't really merit any other discussion because she's pretty minimal. So hmm. uh, George Buck uh, Flower, or George quote Buck Flower, 
as Stranger. So let me talk to you about this. This dude made a career of looking like ass and dirty. He was a hobo in Back to the Future, They Live, <laughs> Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. That he was, is so awesome. Yeah, his, he, his experience as a beggar goes all the way back to 1979 when he was in a movie called Up Yours. So he, by the time this movie came out, he'd been playing a beggar for 14 years. That's so fucking cool. Do you want to know the weird part? What? This dude is like deep in the porn game. Oh, no. Yeah. He played Boris Clitoris in Mother Knows Best in 1971. Oh, no. There is so much porn in dude's IMDb. It was like, and you got on the Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue Dog? And he was in another Power Rangers show, too. I don't understand how you can follow this dude does a bunch of porn by the porn name Mother Knows Best. I'm not sure I want to know. I think that goes back to what I talked about uh, finding on uh, Reddit, the unironic wincest thing. <laughs> this is what your fucking Game of Thrones did. It normalized people being weirdos. <laughs> hey, Alabama, thanks for not having an exception for that. Yeah, that's probably where the fucking Lannisters are from. Yeah, you fucks. You fucking cucks. If we have any listeners in Alabama, I'm not mad at you personally. <laughs> I'm very mad. Uh, Peter Jason as Gent. He's the fun guy. He's like, do I need them to take a piss in thing, little cute girl? Do you want to go out there? I liked him Got a it. lot. Yeah. He had a nice little Southern charm. He was also in Escape from L.A. He was also in They Live. And then he was in Mortal Kombat. So two other John Carpenter things. How and the then, fuck was he in Mortal Kombat? I don't know. I looked at it. I was like, <laughs> okay. Was he Kano? No. <laughs> but he wasn't Raiden because I was like, no, that's Christopher Lambert. <laughs> or Lambert. However you want to do it. Lambert. That sounds The bad. guy who played Ajax was Raiden in the second one when he had a flat top. Hmm. Remember definitely, when he was Guile? He definitely was not Liu Kang. No. <laughs> <laughs> or Goro. No. Nah, definitely not Goro. And he might have been like a guard. There you go. Molly Cheek was the divorcee. Here's a fun thing. She would later team up with Sam Raimi again when she was in Drag Me to Hell. And she made a brief appearance in Spider-Man 2. Molly Cheek was the divorcee. She was the one that's like, the, the gasoline's not coming out of the pump. Why is she a divorcee? I don't know. It's just what the title is. Really? Yeah, it's kind of weird. They didn't like emphasize like any way that yeah. she would be a divorcee. Yeah, but huh. okay. it was a little weird. So do you want to do it where we do the nicknames for each segment as we go into it? I think that's a little bit more effective. Yeah, okay. I think so. Because so, otherwise it gets a bit overboard. Long in the tooth. Yeah. So I'll do the recapitation for gas station. And then Brian's going to start with the slay by play. Okay. Uh huh. So basically, it, the news, whether it be the TV or the radio, indicates that there are bodies of young girls being found, and a young lady finds it her first night working at a gas station overnight, and craziness ensues. Exactly. Yep. There we go. So Brian, take it away. <laughs> All right. The way it starts out is you have the opening scene. Okay. So I don't get where you say MGM style. <laughs> I'm like, what does MGM oh. style mean? So that goes back so to the original opening where it's John Carpenter as uh, Crypt Juice. When they do the intro, he, there's the 187 films, and he's wielding a chainsaw, and it's in kind of this thing where he's popping out a little bit. It was just kind of reminded me of the MGM Oh, lion. got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then. So then he makes a joke. We'll go into that. That's a good point. That he calls the dead the arriving departed. Great pun. He drinks some formaldehyde. Gr- hilarious. He says, uh, oh, yeah, he is talking about the beauty being what's inside of someone as he's gutting a corpse. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets upset that so many of the bodies died of natural causes. Right, he's checking the toe tags. Yeah. He's like, natural causes, natural causes. And then he says, what's great thing? One great thing about body bags. 
it's always somebody that's murdered. There's always some fun story behind it, right? I love the concept because when you just hear body bags, you're like, all right. But then when you realize the premise of the show was yeah. going to be this character who, spoiler alert, is a corpse himself, you find out at the end, going around to other bodies and being like, oh, how did this person die? Right, right. Super it's fun. really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So then we go into the gas station. Yeah. So with the gas station, the way it starts out is um, we have the girl, Alex, I believe is her name. I don't know if it's a real name. It's Training Day. Training Day. That's right. We have Training Day getting dropped off by her friend. And Apparently, roommate. Is it her roommate too? Yeah, I think so. No. I, th- I thought that was just kind of like a snarky dig that she does where she's like, you're going back to an empty apartment. Like, bitch, you don't have no man. Oh, shit, dog. That's <laughs> crueler. So, you know, they hear on the radio that apparently there's a deranged psycho out there who's killing all kinds of people, right? So she says, oh, you know, that's really scary. You're going to be out here all at night. And she's like, well, you know, at least I'm, you know, I'm not going home to an empty apartment, bitch. Your merit is based on your ability to get a dick. <laughs> and she says, you know, can you pick me up in the morning? She says, I don't know. And she's like, well, I'll buy you some breakfast. And she's, and like, she's sure. like, it's the only sausage you're going to get, bitch. <laughs> she's like, sure, why not? She walks up to the to kind of like, I don't know what you would call it. The gas station kiosk, kiosk yeah. right? It's a little hut. And that's when you meet Bill, quote unquote. Not Bill. Bill, not Bill. <laughs> yeah. The nerd. You meet nerd Bill. Right, right. So then Bill kind of goes over everything with her as far as where the employee lounge is, which is where you drop a deuce. The bathroom. You know, here are the keys, you know, the door locks. He makes sure to say that, which is really cool, right? Because it mm-hmm. sets it up. You know, he he says, you know, make sure that you have the keys because the door automatically locks. Well, and it's like it's a logical breadcrumb. Yeah. Like it plays into the story later. But it makes sense that he's telling her, so it's not like redundant. And then he also makes it clear to give her his phone number if there's ever any crises. Yeah. Which I really like when it comes into play later. You're like, oh, that's so simple. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's funny because I didn't even think about it until because she uses the phone and I think she's originally going to call the cops. Yeah. But it goes straight to the, the phone that he answers. Well, so I thought that's what it was, but then I think it's that she dials the number that he gives her. And it goes and it goes straight to like the office. Yeah, the office. Huh. So for if you're trying to visualize, there's the like maintenance mechanics office that also has a phone because he later answers it there when he's wielding a machete. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he, you know, he says basically, you know, good luck. You know, this this these are the ins and outs of working the gas station late at night. Did, you, um, did it occur to you that her outfit is incredibly fashionable by today's standards? Yeah. Like absolutely. the black tight shirt tucked in the pants, mom jeans. I remember being like, I even put a note like, this is super fashionable. And then she puts on, you know, like the mechanic shirt. And I think it says what I have a note. It's John. And I was like, this is so Jim Halpert. Dave. <laughs> you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, keep going. No. So, um, you know, she starts her day night i should say and um she just seems like she's kind of bored and then um what happens i think who who comes first west craven was it west craven that's right that's right it's west craven and he's uh kind of stumbling around yeah. he seems very very drunk yeah he offers her some bourbon and it's clear he's been dipping in that bottle already Yeah, he, he's got some bourbon in the car and you know if she wants to come back to the car and have a little sippy sippy sucky sucky with him 
which is hilarious. It's like I'm at my job. I could go use the money from my job to buy my own booze. Right. It's not like crystal meth where he's like, you got to suck my dick to get this crystal meth. <laughs> it's so weird the way yeah, you presented it. Yeah, it was it was a little awkward. Did um, you like his entrance? Because she's sitting there studying her book and then there's the body form comes behind her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool. It was good. They did it a couple of times, and I think it's effective because she's so encased in glass, and she's it's like a fishbowl. Right. There's all these spooky things that could potentially happen out there, and it's the illusion of safety, but also she doesn't feel safe even in there. So I thought yeah, that was good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the more you think about it, like where it's just a glass window in front of you and nothing else, your peripherals are completely blocked, yeah. right? Where anything can pop out, and you have no idea what's going to happen. You just have what's in front of you and that's it. So if somebody comes out from the side and you're busy fucking studying whatever the fuck you're studying, psychology, I think is what you That's said. correct. Yeah. Then it seems like it'd be pretty scary, especially late at night. So, yeah. So Wes Craven eventually skulks away. Yep. And, and you're like, I don't need I no think, I think it shows him it. like drive off in his car, right? Yes, I think so. I and then we have our friend from episode, was it two or three? David Naughton from An American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. He shows up and he's like the charming cool guy. Yep, absolutely. And who it's can't funny fight worth a fucking dick. Because she is so reactive to each person that she encounters. In such at a first, drastically at, different yeah, way. At first, she's very like repulsed, right? And it's clearly showing in her face the way she reacts. Um, and then you have uh, American Werewolf in London come up with his like Rico Suave. And she's like, like kind of like twirling her. Yeah, she's like twirling her hair and like acting like very sassy with him. What is it with this guy's animal magnetism? I know, right? He gets that nurse to like let him live with her, go to bone zone. And then with this (laughs) chick, she's about to throw her fucking through this goddamn window at his face. Yeah, man. And that's the second time I dropped the P word. I'm sorry, ladies. I love all y'all. The P words. The Poonan. Yeah, there we go. Is that better or worse? I don't know. I the, always love Poontang. How about the Tang? The Tang. <laughs> um, We're talking about the orange drink that they sent up into fucking space. That's right. With a monkey. Yep. yep. I think okay. it was technically an ape. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, Rangutang. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. What was the uh, <laughs> What was the primate and the omen? What was it? The um... Oh, it was a baboon. <laughs> baboon. <laughs> baboon. Baboon. So, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, well, here's my card. You Credit know, card. He disappears. Yeah, he disappears behind the car. She kind of looks up like really like scared, like, oh, shit, where the fuck do you go? Apparently he was checking his tire or something. He pops up and he's like, she's like, oh, everything's fine. It's oh. good. Those, those little fake outs with the relief that she feels. Is yeah, very clear. Yeah, I like absolutely. It a lot. Absolutely. And it also shows that she's a little tense for, you know, absolutely. her first night being on the job. And she's putting um, on a strong face for her right, like, roommate absolutely. stuff. But yeah. And then, you know, she used some sort of machine where she slid the fucking the credit. carbon copy machine, man. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing? So yeah, so what they used to do to scan your card, they'd put it down and they'd take this carbon copy paper and they'd run it over so there's three copies of the paper. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why the guy says to her that she needs to get the driver's license plate of everybody because none of this is computerized. What they would do at the end of the month or whatever is they would mail it in and then that's how they get paid. No, I, I did know that. Oh, just, fuck. <laughs> I was, Everybody was like, come on, Brian. <laughs> Chad is freaking out because Chad's got a couple years on us, fellas. <laughs> yeah, so she basically makes a copy and it's funny because it's like, you know, it, it very clearly sounds like a shotgun being fucking loaded right now. Um, 
you know, she's being very flirty with him, I guess. Um, he takes off. He says something along the lines of, uh, oh, you know, there's a place downtown. You should come. You should go check out the I think Oak he, Lounge. Yeah. I think he asks her what she's studying. Right. Does he like make yeah. small talk? And right? she says psychology. She says Same psychology. thing. It, like, it's interesting because it mirrors the first conversation, but it shows that because he's not leering, she's right. a warmer Absolutely. person. And, you know, because he is a lot more attractive than disheveled fucking drunk dude. Yeah. Um, and he drives a way nicer car. I'm more willing to indulge you. I Let's guess. be real. If I'm getting raw dogged in any kind of car, <laughs> I want that David Naughton convertible. I That's want to be able to spread out. <laughs> with the hair, with the wind going over the hair. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Why not? So he he <laughs> takes off, right? And she's just like fucking... I feel like she is imagining like sucking him off as she has the card in his in her hand because she's like rubbing it around her face. And and then she's like, oh, fuck, I have his card. And, and then she's like, oh, fuck, I should run it out to him. And then she's like, oh, fuck, I left the keys inside. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was like and one after another. My wife was because like, she watches with me was like, God damn it. And she was so annoyed that this lady did that. And I'm like, well, what I like about it is it's so like humdrum. This isn't like her doing something like running upstairs from a slasher. Right. This absolutely. Is this is something day. that I feel like anybody could do. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, how many times do I walk off without my fucking wallet? At least probably once a month. Yeah. I'm just freaking out going through all of my things at work. Hey, babe, did you see my wallet before you left? Oh, yeah, it's on the dresser. Oh, my God. Thank God. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, you call your credit card. I'm like canceling back. all my shit. Like, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Calling so Citibank and being like, can I uncancel my card? And they're like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, they already sent me two cards. Son of a bitch. Fuck. <laughs> So then when she realizes she's locked out, you get the great misdirect of the hobo. That one was a little bit more obvious, you know, when he comes up. My wife totally fell for it with like the lumbering kind of weirdness. Right, right. Like, no chance this is the bad guy. Yeah, no chance, no chance. Although it was it was fun how she kept on looking back and he was like closer. Yeah. Right. So it was like you you didn't actually see him walking closer towards her. She would just go from one area to another and then she would look back and he would be like five steps closer. So she knows that the backup key is over in the mechanic shop. So she checks each door. They're locked. But luckily the roll up door is open. So she goes in and this is great. As she's rummaging around to find the key, she accidentally knocks over a picture frame When she picks up the picture frame. It's shattered over this person's face. Employee of the month. And it's Bill. Bill was the nerd at the beginning, but it wasn't Bill. It's not the same guy. <laughs> Who is this? This is Sam, but fucking Raimi, director of <laughs> Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, Spider-Man, Drag Me to Hell, a that's number of things. That's what's fun about body bags. It's the little things, yeah. right? They're throughout. Well, I like give people like the credit that they're due. I love when directors have cameos and they get to do something because you know so much of a movie and its style and its presentation is dependent on one person that generally kind of falls behind. You know, I've heard people kind of be sarcastic about like, you know, a Wes Craven movie directed by Wes Craven, you know, whatever. And it's like, why shouldn't it be? I mean, he yeah. has insight over every edit, every sound. Right, design, right, whole right. Thing, if they're doing their job, if they're just somebody's phoning in a check, it's different. But these guys are all masters of the craft. Like, I think that the tagline of this movie with them being masters is true. Yeah, absolutely. And it kind of makes me wonder who started it. 
when it comes to starring or guest appearing in their own like film or what they've directed. Hitchcock was in a lot. It makes a lot. I think cameo in everything. Cameoed in like a bunch of his shit. Yeah, you can. Well, I mean, he doesn't ever. I don't think that he ever has a speaking role that I recall, but he walks through the scenes and everything. Okay. In Psycho, he's walking in front of the office where the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom works. And yeah, that's really fun. I love that's it. Really fun. It's great. Although I think that Hitchcock's wife should have been in it, but that's a completely different story. <laughs> hey, yo, bing, bong, boom. She gets the key. She goes back. She tries to use the phone. Uh, oh, oh, here's so, so she gives she gives him the key. He yep. kind of like laughs a little bit and then he just like stumbles off. Right. So then this you, is where the gent and the this, divorcee show up. Right. This is when they they pull up in their sweet ass fucking massive boat of a car. That people used to drive back in the day. Totally reminds me like of Fear and Loving. Like a fucking tank. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, give me that super unleaded. <laughs> and you can tell he's, he's it's a fun character. Because he's Super like, Southern. Like, he's cantankerous and, like, he's he's, ra- he's rowdy but good-natured. He's lighthearted. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. He's like, what's a pretty little thing like you doing in there? And you could see how that's sexist, but she doesn't take it as such because it's good-natured. He's not like, right. what's a pretty thing like you doing all that? Why don't you rub that on my face he's like you should go be doing something fun at your own consenting desires right 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 you should be out partying you know so because as they say partying is such sweet sorrow he asks basically (laughs) sorry bro he he basically asks where can i go to drain the main vein (laughs) (laughs) so she says you know there's actually a weird guy in there do you think you can go check it out because he has the key he's like oh yeah don't worry about it, pretty little thing. And he just goes and uh, walks off. Then you have the divorcee. Apparently, it's a divorcee. Nobody knows why she's a divorcee. She's from Uncle Buck and probably a few other things. But that's, I grew up watching Uncle Buck. So she's Uncle Buck. So she asks how to start filling up the car. She says, you have to lift up the handle, which apparently that was a thing. Mm. You have to lift up hand. It must be like older gas stations. There are even some I, now that do it. Really? Because yeah. I don't ever recall doing, you know, having that age thing, I guess. Chad, Chad knows. Yeah. So <laughs> she tries to yell it to the lady at first, and then she's like, fuck, fine, I'll do it. So this she's, time, she's, a, yeah, she's about to leave, and then she's like, ah, fuck, I better grab the keys. Yep. Uh, which I like. It's showing those, you know, the development of yep, the character. It shows the steps in motion. She goes out. She literally just flicks the handle on the pump, and it works. The guy comes out, and he's like, Man, that there hobo is sleeping on the toilet. Yeah, I had to had piss to... over his head, which is just like <laughs> it's so fun. It's good natured and yeah. shitty at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is shitty. He doesn't want to um, wake the guy up, but he's not afraid to get pee flakes, pee flex rather on his face. Yeah, absolutely. And a little bit, a little bit of pee pee never hurt anybody. <laughs> That's so, what R. Kelly says anyway. So they take off, and um, from there she's by herself, right? And she. Is just hanging out. All of a sudden, she sees this is the part, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, where you see the uh, car lift lift up. Correct. Right. And she's and, like, oh, fuck. Right. And okay. <laughs> I was watching this with Michelle, and she sees, uh, you know, the car pump go up, and then she sees the girl grab the wrench, and then she sees the girl leave the safe kiosk. Right. Well, this because is where she tries thinking, to call and she can't get through. And she's like, it's like, don't do that. Like, why? Why are you leaving? No, you see somebody pushing a lift up and down. That's fine. Well, she doesn't you, see the person. That's the thing that makes it scary. No, that's fine. That's fine. You see a lift going up and down. You think you're by yourself. Stay the fuck where you are. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, I think that I think she's also realizing she made another mistake by not closing that roll cage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I think that she it's a CYA thing. And when she gets over there, you were telling me that you actually got a little jump scare in this one. I did. It was the only part of this film that actually scared the fuck out of me. And it's really silly to say she stepped on the air hose. I love it. <laughs> I've heard that sound a million times. My grandpa's old machine shop and stuff that and it's. It's I deal quick. with I deal with air hoses all the time at work. I know what they are. It just it didn't seem like that was something that was going to happen in the film. But and that's how bit. it should be. Well, yeah, like it's a good little bit because like when people pop out from behind her and they're walking in the background, the music is what makes that supposed to be right, startling. But right, it's not. Right. This is something that's completely organic and it's a startling sound. I totally get it. I think it's really effective. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what she do? She find out that the hobo's in the in the car. Right. And what's cool is you can actually they do a side shot of the truck and you see a body. You don't exactly know what it is. You don't know if it's a person waiting for her or you don't know if it's a dead body, whatever. You just see kind of like a silhouette of a body. So then it shows a close up of her looking into the car or into the truck. And that's when you see the throat cut and mm. a little little done overdone the finding the slit throat body that looks like it's just sleeping yeah yeah it's a bit overdone at the same time i feel like after you know how the throat has been cut i feel like they could have done a lot more because it was with a fucking machete but i think the point is that she sees just a body form right right and then that's what you know creates the chaos that ensues so she backs away timidly she knocks over an oil can yep and which is good because it comes into play later. Yep. She runs off and then she ends up calling Bill and it goes to the service station and he answers. And then he starts coming towards her with a machete and a sledge. And that was a very intimidating thing with the sledge. Yeah. I love that shot where it's her perspective of looking out on the gas station. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. perfect. Framed window. It's perfect. And he just sledges it through. Yeah. I, that's the coolest, most artistic part for me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. Like well, it, because. It's a perfect frame reference of the wind, the window, yeah. right? So it, it focuses in directly like you're her looking out at him coming at you with a sledgehammer. So it, it's, it's like just, the powerlessness. I mean, it, puts you, it puts you in her shoes mm-hmm. and essentially. You're like a fish in a fishbowl and you're like, if somebody breaks this glass, I'm fucked and there's nothing I can do to stop them. Right, right. It's definitely the POV kind of scare and yeah when i was watching this i remember michelle saying i don't know what the fuck i would do yeah yeah she she, because it literally puts you into perspective like you were in the film yeah because if you you know if you could act out you wouldn't have the protection between you so the thing protecting you is also limiting you from taking any overt action yeah absolutely it's a catch-22 and i was doing the same thing i'm like okay i'm waiting for one of those sledges to land and then I'm reaching out and I'm grabbing the sledge as it goes through the window. Yeah. I'm trying to take a weapon from him. Ideally. Uh, but she goes and hides in the employee lounge. And this is when she opens the locker. I don't know. If she's looking for him. <laughs> and she finds his real bill. Yep. Real bill. <laughs> collapses on top of her. So then he comes in. He's going to attack her. And she hits him in the face with a steel chair. Hell yeah, man. It's not really a steel chair, but it's a chair. It's definitely fucking hard enough to smack the fuck out of him and his nose gets broken and he's laying on the floor twitching and i was like god damn it don't walk away yep just walks away yep. I'm like nobody ever double taps what is this like yeah. at least give him a stomp to the temple 
Yeah. Yeah. Michelle's like, dude, I would kick him in the nuts so fucking hard while he's on the ground. Or lock him in somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I do something. But then yeah. he just follows her and he tries to grab her and falls down and he says, bitch. And then she runs away again. Which is funny because, you know, I, I, I'm looking at the notes and I was thinking the same thing. Like, she's running for her life. She just clearly knocked this guy down. Um, She's not going to turn around and double check, like, at all. Nothing. Crazy. She's just, I don't know. I, I, I get it. It creates the the craziness. He's going to get her again. And you see him coming, but she doesn't. Yep. Right? So you're like, oh, my God, turn around. So, turn you know. around. But anyway, take she, a shot. Yeah, she can't see anything because <laughs> I guess she doesn't have peripheral vision. So then she runs to the pump and then he follows her to the pump and then she runs into the mechanic station and he follows her into the mechanic station. And this is where David Naughton da, 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 shows yeah. up and he's like, I'm going to swing my big dick around. <laughs> and then yeah, he gets so his ass he, he, Yeah, he fucking gets wrecked. So he gets his ass beat. So he gets knocked out or doesn't get knocked out. He gets fucking thrown to the ground nerd turns around wants to fucking handle it because he has her up in the air she goes into the car to try and leave he tur- he pushes the lift up so he she puts on the gas you see the tires moving but nothing's happening she's so. quite literally spinning her wheels exactly so he's coming at her uh, <laughs> i think he has his machete yep right so he's coming out with a machete the same oil can spill that happens from before where she originally sees a dead guy comes into play now where he takes a step forward, he slips on the oil, he falls underneath the truck. That's did, when she... Did you do the sound effect? The... <laughs> I did not, yeah. but good call. So she brings she, the hammer down. She fucking lowers down the press, smashes him to death, and Did they you both... like the blood? Yeah. I loved it. The yeah, campy yeah. color. And the... <laughs> it's not blood at all. Like the it's it's way too thin it's not viscous enough it's way too bright but i just loved the image on that sh- the contrast of like the bland cement yeah, it was great yeah absolutely and they both live happily ever after and, and the reason he comes back quote oh i forgot, I forgot my, my credit, credit card, card. <laughs> loved it i, w- I would yeah, have loved yeah. if it was like you know i forgot my american express even though it's like a city bank <laughs> that's funny could you imagine the whole thing's been a commercial oh that'd be delightful and then we return to the morgue where there, he's giving therapy to this mangled corpse. He talks about having necrophila cabinets. That's good. He's pulling one of the bodies out of the drawer. Oh, the fake boobies. The giant fake tits. And he talks about them getting in the way. He's like, These they should be recycled. Be recycled. Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> uh, he makes two he- severed heads kiss, which reminded me of Ice Cream Man. Yeah, that's me, right. Me, 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 me. <laughs> which David Naughton is also in as the shitty dad. I didn't know that. You remember he's the ki- uh, the fat kid's dad, Tuna, oh, who's that's cheating right, on the that's mom. Right, that's right. And then he lifts up a Ziploc and says that it was a person who fell out of a building and got dragged by a train. And that's all that was left of him. Like, it's so weird. Like, <laughs> I think that two people sat down and wrote that together. But oddly specific. You ready to get into the nicknames, nicknames, prick names for hair, which was the. Oh, I think I have. Hopefully I have it right. That hair was Carpenter and then I was Hooper. Maybe that is right. Anyway, ready? Yeah. Stacy Keach as Richard Coberts. You want to know some fun facts about this? fuckhead <laughs> go for it his mom actually paid for him to have a hair transplant because mm. they were convinced that if he didn't wear a hairpiece and didn't have hair he wouldn't get roles in hollywood so they actually did it didn't really work and um he was upset by it there was david warner who was dr Locke. he was also in briscoe county jr which ties into some of the other people sheena easton who played megan was also in that which is also bruce campbell who's best if not good friends with uh, sam raimi so a very 
interconnected web we everything, weave. Everything ties together. Yeah. yeah so yeah. with Stacy Keach, he was also in Escape from L.A., which was another John Carpenter film. So, you know, I'm kind of proving my point even further. What do you want to call Hair Guy? So Hair Guy, I, I feel like Once Upon a Time, was he not also in Cheech and Chong Up in Smokes? I'm very ignorant of the Cheech and Chong stuff. I, I feel like seen... he was the one of the main cops that like always chases them and tries to, you know, get them busted, but never does. I don't he's, know. I'm... He's a fun character actor. I, he's got uh, just a hell of a voice. Yeah. I don't know. I What do you, what do you got for him? Um, I was actually kind of wanting to ramble into this together. The, at one point, they refer to the haircut that he gets as the stallion. Oh, so I kind of want to right. just call him stallion. Michelle, it's funny because Michelle was like, uh-huh, stallion. Mm-hmm. Because everything that every, she finds everything that has to do with horses in everything. She's like, oh, it all loops together. That's that's a horse thing because I'm a horse girl and everything has to be about horses. Not that I'm resenting that at all. <laughs> he was in Up in Smoke. He played the narcs sergeant. So oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. A lot of stuff of him as a cop or in other ways, some kind of law enforcement. Yeah. Uh, he was also in The Simpsons playing Howard K. Duff the Seventh. Interesting. Did not know that. Hmm. I would have completely changed my opinion of him. You want to call him Stallion? Stallion. Yeah, there's nothing better. David Warner as Dr. Locke. This is the dude who was the photographer in Omen. He was the doctor in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, that's Dickhead. Dickhead. So we got to call him Dickhead. Dickhead. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it was Dr. Dickhead, which even fits better in this one because he's a doctor. (laughs) There you go. You got to listen to every episode, folks. You'd know what we're talking about if you watch the Omen. And you should watch it because Chad did some great editing on there beautiful it's immaculate it's immaculate conception that's the way jesus was born keep up with the notes goons uh, sheena easton as megan she's done tons of voice acting uh, she is completely bland she is out of his league i was just gonna call her out of his league yeah that sounds good because she is a babe and i thought i thought well, for sure it was she was a prostitute she's a total babe and she's also very much into making him feel better about himself mm-hmm. and trying to make everything work so yeah. totally out of his league I thought, like I said, when they're sitting together and she's eating and she's placating him, I'm like, oh, for sure. He's like buttering her up and she's going to be like, you know, mister, you don't have to feed me. I'll just suck your dick. OK. But then it turns out that she likes him. Whatever. Uh, you got Dan Blom as Dennis, the hairstylist. Doesn't need a name. Debbie Harry as the nurse, a.k.a. Blondie. Her her name was Blondie. Blondie, the music artist. Yeah. The musician. This Really? The, the new way. That's her. Wow. She's as her cameo in this. And she famously said once, I wish I had invented sex. It's like, damn, that's a very <laughs> like it. it's a it sounds it shows, like a, it shows how ignorant I am when it comes to her and who she was. You're like Blondie. I'm like, dude, she has like fucking like she's like a brunette in the film. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're a fucking moron. So go on. There's just that there's that song where they they remix her with a Doors song and it's the worst thing ever so I probably haven't listened to Blondie in about 15 years because of that I've, it's awful I don't know anything about Blondie shocker is does she sing Ring My Bell that is Donna Summer oh right okay. I think I'm sure about that <laughs> moving on I don't know one of our good friends is uh, Prima Donna Summer is his drag name so I don't want to be Getting that incorrect. Ring my bell. And Chad just <laughs> farted to fill the time. I was wrong. It's Anita Ward. Anita wow, Ward. I'm just the I, dumbest. So fucking wrong. Jesus, okay. Brian. Yep. Anyway, starts with a close-up shot of his scalp. He, there's a commercial for this hair procedure. He's combing his hair. He, 
combing it forward to try and hide the receding hairline. His date shows up. She asks him what's wrong. He says nothing. As they're sitting there, he's asking about the hair. She says, oh, no, you're handsome. And again, I'm thinking she's buttering him up. Like, right, right, Come on, right. Mr. She wants she wants to get paid. I want an extra $50. And uh, he gets defensive and she laughs and says that he's behaving like a baby. And he's like, what? He's not? like, what? Because I have hair like a baby? Baby, oh, baby, man. baby. Everything that you say is going to fucking turn around and backfire. Yeah. So she offers to get him an appointment with her hairstylist. And he's like. Blah, blah, blah. And then he puts on his hair piece, and she's like, "Oh, no. dude, it is so fucking bad." Yeah, it reminds me of Kevin Malone from The Office. <laughs> is that Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> so then he's at the salon, and he's like, "No, no, no, don't cut it, just style it." And that's a just kind of a long scene, right? The guy takes it, fucking throws it in a trash can, and then you know he just mentions over and over again, "Don't cut my hair. I just want you to style it." Yeah. Right. And as he walks out. He sees a cool guy with sunglasses. There's smooth music. There's a lady with long hair. There's a guy with long hair. There's another guy with long hair with a dog. That was pretty fun. The dog was the funniest part. Right. That's the punchline of the scene. The long haired whatever dog. The long haired fun long haired dog. Yep. Um, Then it goes back to his home. And this is what you tell the budget of this. There's three settings. There's his house, the salon and the doctor's office. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things I like about short films and short media is like, do we need other locations? Yeah. To tell don't. a story about absolutely implanted aliens, you don't. I mean, it's all essentially dialogue. Yeah. So I mean, they sell it. So I I personally like this one a lot because it's lighthearted and it, they sandwiched it between two kind of scary ones and more serious ones. Yeah. Right. I think in order to be a horror, ending with I is probably the yeah. best choice. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the most horrific for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. For reasons we'll get into, namely Mark Hamill's ball sack and tainted balls. Or his sweet ass mustache. Or a sweet ass. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes home and he has a bunch of stuff, uh, beauty project, uh, pro- products rather. One of the things is extracted lamb fetus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he sprays down his hair like Zack Ryder. You know who that is? No. He's a pro wrestler who seems very charming. I listened to him on a podcast where he was talking with Cody Rhodes about their mutual love, all things like theme park. And he talked about a story where he put, you know, he has like the fake hair powder that he put on and it's smeared on the backseat of a ride that he went on with his date. Could you imagine how fucking embarrassing that would be? That's awful. Yeah. Jeez. So the girlfriend shows up. There's no going back from that. Yeah. She's like, did you paint your head? And he's like, yeah, I painted my head. And she kisses his head. No. And then she gets the black lips. It's so good. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah. It reminds me of, there's a lot of things that it reminds me of. I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of movie where there's black ink on binoculars. Oh, yeah. Somebody puts their eye, you know, up to their eyes. And it looks like they have fucking glasses. It reminds me of Ben Stiller's wife. The chick who played Marsha in Zoolander after she kisses him and she has the black lips. That's what I thought of. I was like Ben Stiller and something about Mary where she takes the fucking. Ew. The <laughs> cum hair. I uh, wonder if Stacy Keach had used cum in his hair. If it would have grown better or worse. Ah, I, I hear it's full of protein. <laughs> so uh, she gets agitated and she's upset that he bought all the stuff and she leaves. Then he sees the commercial about. Well, first he sees a commercial about hair. He sees another commercial that shows grass growing. Grass growing, right. Then he gets the Roswell hair growth. Right. Then he goes to the office. He comes in wearing a beret and sunglasses, and I was like, Ten Hut, soldier! Which is fun, right? Okay, so let's go back to the actual name, right? It's a little bit of a foreshadowing, right? Roswell hair growth. (laughs) 
Okay. Mm. All right. Anyways. Yeah. Roswell, it ends well. Exactly. <laughs> so he comes in. They talk about the patent and protein solution, which is what I call jism. <laughs> the nurse is very sexy. She's like, oh, everything you say is so great. Everything you do is so great. Blondie? Yep. <laughs> you knew that at first? I <laughs> so the doctor then talks. He kind of like tries to reverse psychology he's like, well, yeah you know, he's like some... well you know i don't know if you're ready for this yeah there's some benefits to being bald like nobody noticing you because you suck and he's like <laughs> i don't want to suck i want people to notice me and my fancy hair uh shit so then he shows him the hairstyles on they, the computer yeah, right it's funny because this is clearly 93 right? oh yeah <laughs> they they're like we have fun computer graphics where we show your face and we insert all kinds of fun hairstyles the republican i was like god that's hilarious (laughs) don't they say something like oh it's too conservative (laughs) and then you know he talks about wanting the hair and she says they want something bold and sexy and she's like (laughs) and then he gets the long stallion hair and she literally says giddy up yeah, I love it because she's so buttering him up. She's like the, you know, the plant. Yeah, in, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So. so he, he, you know, he asks how it works. He says, there's no surgery, right? He's like, no, no, man. We just rub this shit on your scalp, this jism, and then put the bandage on. When you wake up the next morning, you'll have a head, fucking head full of hair. Yep. So he wakes up the next morning, unbandages his head. A, a lock of long, luxurious hair That's pops fun. out. And he he's like hooting and hollering with glee. And it, it's like. It seems overacted, but like if you think about the way that some dudes are about their hair, like yeah. I totally think that's a legitimate response for a lot of people. Yeah, I think so as well. And you know, I was talking about you, talking about you, talking about this with you earlier. I feel like it's something where you don't really understand it until it happens to you, right? Because I'm like, yeah, I would never. I'm just gonna as soon as I I lose, I, I start losing my hair. I'm going to shave it. I'm just going to shave it and go bald and yep. be done with it, you know? But then there's others that are just like, no, fuck that. I'm going to fight for this shit and I'm going to pay however much money it costs, like fucking Bosley or whatever that costs like fucking thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. If you see Joe Rogan, he's got a gnarly scar on the back of his neck that looks like he like somebody started scalping him because that's where they took the hair roots to put on the top of his head. And so he's even talked about like, he wishes he just went bald like 20 years ago because, really? yeah, it's a gnarly scar. Like I, I saw him live in stand up and I met him afterwards. I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's awful. It looks like gangrenous. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. But people Ooh. are willing to do it. So the girlfriend ends up seeing it. Oh, he, there's a little <laughs> montage where he's like doing the lines like, oh, yeah, it is real. You want to touch it? And he's like, oh, it's like it gives me all my strength making a Samson, <laughs> Samson joke. Then girlfriend comes over. They start macking. She says he's yeah, an animal. She's like an, he yeah, growls he's, at her. Yeah, he's like an animal. I, yeah. think, I thought that was funny. I was like, hey, Rob Schneider. <laughs> Zing. She licks his face while he's yeah, asleep. After after they fucking do the coitus, mm-hmm. she licks his face. You know, he wakes up, you know, yada, yada. She leaves. Yeah, he says he has a sore throat. He goes and gargles. He's at the salon. By this point, his hair his is hanging well below like the butt. Six, six inches or Sex something. inches. Since he woke up, which... It's a little weird, yeah. you know. So he coughs while he's in the chair, alluding to there's still being a problem. And then when you see the hair that's been cut on the floor, you see some of it crawling away, <laughs> which is a lot more interesting than I thought. I mean, when yeah, I'm, when I'm, I was expecting hair to be the way I was. And so when this had the twist, 
it made I a little bit more refreshing. Yeah, I, I I was essentially going into this thinking he was going to be cousin it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, nobody's gonna gonna want to fucking date that because you have hair literally everywhere. Yeah. But no, it was pretty interesting. So he's at home. He's feeling ill. He cancels his date with his girlfriend. He, he checks- has like fucking face sores. Like uh, they're starting. Yeah. And it's yeah. after he falls asleep, they become huge. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he seems so exhausted. He can't even finish looking up something in the phone book. Right. And he ends What's up passing a phone out. book? Yeah, right. <laughs> when he wakes up, there's the terrible jazz music and the face is covered in these deep punk yep. sores. And his girlfriend accuses him of cheating on her, which is just weird. Like, Yeah, that was a little strange. I feel like this is a, a Twilight Zone episode more so. And it's like, remember that episode where the girl undergoes the plastic surgery, but then she's totally beautiful. But then all the other characters are like these weird faced people with the weird noses and the cheek. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, well, I just spoiled the twist for you because <laughs> her whole face is bandaged the whole fucking time. And then by the end of it, you realize that it's the standards of beauty of this society. God I feel like that's it. what it is. Next time it's Thanksgiving and Sci-Fi Channel has a fucking Twilight Zone marathon. I'm just going to skip that one, motherfucker. Sorry, dude. <laughs> dude. So, uh, yeah, he sees the hair in his throat, pulls it out. And he ends up it, like it like squeals. Yeah. Right. He cuts it. It bites him because it's like a little snake monster. And he's like, what? And, and one of them like crawls out of his face and goes behind his ear, which I thought was kind of a fun yeah, effect. That was really gross. That was really gross. So this is where he goes back to the doctor. Dr. Right? Locke. Dr. Locke. Dr. And he's like, he's like, what the fuck? Why did you do this? What's going on? And he's like, oh, you guys are you humans are all fucking super vain and full. You of, earthlings are terrible. <laughs> full, full of yourselves. And, you know. We came here because apparently your brains are super full of nutrients that we need, right? And you know, scrum tiddlyumptious. He talks about how the nurse needs to take him into kind of like a side room for I don't know what the fuck he says. What mm-hmm. is it called? Like a depository, De- something. Yeah, know. and then he says, and then bring in the next patient. Right, right. Showing and he, like- he kind of like zones out at this point, and it kind of makes it seem like maybe whatever the snakes. Well, they come out of his eye at one point. The doctor's eye, yeah. But they also come out of Stacy. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because that's what, then it goes to the doctor's eye. So at this point, you realize that the snakes are already in his brain, which is why he's like a vegetable. Right, and that's when he becomes like a vegetative state. So when the episode ended, my wife was like, oh, that's like a total episode of Black Mirror. And I was like, well, actually not that far off. Like attacking a societal norm, like, oh, we're upvoting, we're downvoting. And it's like, oh, we're vain people, so we're all pieces of shit, and we need to end feeling bad about ourselves. (laughs) I don't like Black Mirror. I'm going to say it. Every fucking episode makes me feel dirty and bad. Except I, for the video game episode. I like that one. Michelle and I literally watched the first episode where the guy had to fuck a pig. I was like, eh, you know what? I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. So then it's the the goes, morgue again. Goes back to the morgue again. I love right. that John Carpenter sees his own reflection and gets scared. <laughs> Such a terrible bit, but it's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's cool. It, it, it's, it's a bit slapsticky when it comes to slapstick. When it comes to kind of bouncing from having a fun, lighthearted one like hair to this where he's also just kind of like a comedic relief. But it would be weird for him to change. Yeah. Right. So I guess it, it, it definitely makes sense. So he runs out of formaldehyde and he goes into a jar that has an eye in it. And right. He pours it out and it has, uh, you know, the eye is like the olive in a martini and he toasts saying, here's looking at you, kid. 
I like it. I totally pop for it. It's so stupid, but I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It works. It works. So you ready for nicknames for I? Yeah, let's do it. Mark Hamill as Brent Matthews. What can you call him besides Luke Skywalker? We talked about it. You said you were going to call him Stash what? I was going to call him Mark Hamill Stash. And I was going to call him <laughs> Luke Stash Walker. So Luke some, Stash Walker works. It's so long, though. So let's call him Stash Walker. Yeah. OK. That cuts yeah. down one syllable. Then there's Twiggy, whose real name is Dame Leslie Lawson playing Kathy Matthews. Apparently, she was a British uh, model and who, who attempted acting. And then she was in a Tales from the Crypt. She sucks. Yeah, absolutely. She sucks bad. I was going to call her Brit Tucky because she's clearly got a British accent. Yeah, I was going to say Southern, to Southern Brit, but, uh, you know, Brit Tucky works. Brit Tucky. Brit Tuck. They're, uh, Brit Tuck. <laughs> uh, John Ager as Dr. Lang. He was in The Mole People and Nightbreed. So I don't know if that That's means interesting. anything. That's yeah. interesting. No, I didn't think he, I mean, personally, I wouldn't have known if he was in anything uh, other than this. But he just seemed like such a genuine doctor in this. Like, I believe that he was a doctor. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they just picked some random doctor off the street. No, nope. a good job. Yeah. He doesn't really need that name, right? Next was Dr. Cor- or, uh, Dr. Bregman was played by Roger Corman. This motherfucker has 418 producing credits on IMDb, 56 directing credits. He was in Dino Shark. He was in Sharktopus. <laughs> he was in The Howling and he was in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, also responsible for The Fast and Furious. From 1954, the fuck out of here, Vin Diesel, go be a tree. Vin D's nuts. Oh, shit, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Uh, we have Charles Napier as the baseball team manager. You'll remember he's the guy with the voice. He's in uh, Silence of the Lambs. He's one of really? like, the local boy cops. Huh. And then he was also in a show called God, the Devil, and Bob, which I tried to watch on YouTube because I remembered the name. <laughs> it is so bad. Okay, well. Oh, my God. It's like they took the animation style of the critic and then shit on it <laughs> and smeared the shit on my YouTube player. Then there's Eddie Velez as baseball player. Doesn't even get a name. Nothing. Fucking Eddie Velez. Am I right? You know what they say about Eddie Velez behind his back. So essentially, it starts out with uh, Luke Stashwalker. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, you know, I you clearly see. Luke Skywalker with a mustache. So first, That's he's all. at bat and he's got the helmet and the targeting systems on. And then you hear Obi-Wan. He's like, use the force, Luke. <laughs> so he takes it off. He hits a home run and the Death Star explodes. Right. It goes to the him being inside um, the locker room. He's talking to a buddy of his that's on the team. He's like, oh, man, it's only going to be a matter of time before you get brought up to the big leagues. He's like, oh, yada, yada. Well, I got to go talk to my wife. He's like, dude, that's really weird that you love your wife so much. Which kind of insinuates that like baseball players have like side pieces. And why not? Which I feel like they probably do. I love it. the way he phrased it was not natural. And I was like, <laughs> ugh, this sounds so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like that is a thing. I feel like baseball players have like spring training side pieces. Oh, yeah. Like that's a thing. That's really gross. Just slinging dick around. Uh. Clayton Kershaw, you're going to make $71 million and just get one vagina? Come on now, dog. You took that back. <laughs> I knew it would rile you up. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw is a god among men. <laughs> Not many things are sacred to Brian. Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> heavy metal music. So when he talks to his wife, she alludes to the fact that she has a surprise for him. Right. And you see her putting a two dad from mom card on an object. And he's she's like, hurry home. And he's like, I'll come fuck you when I want to. <laughs> but, 
he says something plucky about like I'm gonna drive real fast and reckless because I'm like one of those sons of guns that he's driving in the rain. Driving, of course, driving in the rain, right? Oh yeah, driving in the rain. He was picking at some box with a bunch of like cassette box. tapes. Cassettes? Yep. What are cassettes? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, fooled me once, fuck boy. <laughs> okay, so he was trying to find a sweet ass fucking cassette, probably Van Halen or Leonard Skinner or something. Based on the time period, I think this is Van Hagar. Van Hagar. Okay. Sounds good. So he's trying to slam some sweet ass Van Hagar into his fucking cassette deck. Is that what it's called? Deck? Yeah. Cassette deck. Something. He keeps glancing up the road, finally reaches down. Well, he un- he undoes his uh, seatbelt right. in That's order right. to make of course. sure he can reach he, it. He, grab- he, he takes off his seatbelt. He grabs the fucking Van Hagar. He's about to slam it in. He looks up. He's going straight fucking for a, a big-ass tree. Slams into it. Some people come, try and pull him out of the car. Uh, you see a fucking sweet-ass like piece of glass just fucking slammed like I fucked yep. into his skull. And right. I verified it. It definitely is Van Hagar because he doesn't leave <laughs> until 96. I love me, my Van Halen. And I even like Van Hagar. So I was like, I want to make sure it's not the third guy whose name I've decided I will never remember. I have purposefully never remembered the third singer's name. Okay. Right there. Fair uh, enough. But yeah, it reminds me of the pulling the glass out of the eye, Brightburn, when the, in the trailer when the lady's doing that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, fact yeah. that okay. that's in the trailer is awesome. Like it shows how far we've come as a culture, right? You couldn't have Ricky and Lucy sleep in the same bed, but here's some skank pulling glass out of her eye on a car, a goddamn commercial. Yeah, I like it. So we cut to the hospital, and Luke Stash Walker's got his bandages on his face. He's like, but Doc, I gotta play baseball. <laughs> Now's my time. <laughs> and so his first concern is seeing the ball, not seeing his wife again, not anything nope, else. Nothing. Which I can understand as a you know a guy who's the it seems that he's the chief breadwinner. Right, that's where I was getting at. It seems like it's like well, I mean, I have to provide for the family. So I mean, I was essentially a baseball player. What good am I if I only have one eyeball? So yep. makes sense. So then the one doctor says that he's developed a method of eye transplantation. The other doctor admits plainly that he yeah. is very suspicious of it, which I thought was interesting. So do you think it's shitty? That he was given a brown eye. <laughs> a little bit of a bubble like joke. I like it. Actually, one of the top pitchers in baseball, Max Scherzer, has a blue eye and a brown eye. Heterochromia. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's Tim McIlrath cool. from Rise Against has it too. It's really cool. Yeah. So he ends, long story short, they belabor it a little bit, but he ends up getting the eye transplant. And I, you know what? I like the whole scene where he gets the eyeball and it's all bloody around his eye. Yeah. Right. I and the wife really cool. is getting like preached at. I remember being like, that's intense. <laughs> that was weird. It's yeah. fun. It sets a very severe tone for it. Right. So Dr. Lang says that it, the su- surgery was as smooth as silk. They put a patch over his good eye and they under the bloody eye. And he right. sees his wife and his first words are, I like your hair tied back that way. I was like, see, he is a sweet guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, his, you know, his what would be perceived as selfish nature of, oh, but I want to see the baseball. It's kind of undone by this. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it shows him in the, the recovery room. He's watching baseball on TV. Yep. Right. Then and he realizes baseball is boring and turns it off. That's not what happened. Sorry. No. Yeah. He's watching it and then he gets a sharp pain. Right. It's like a flash. Yep. And that's like your first hint of maybe something's wrong. Yeah. 
right? And then that's when uh, you know he gets upset because he feels like maybe he's straining his eye. He turns off the TV. You remember Duck Hunt? Yes. You remember the sound of the the gun makes when the screen briefly flashes? Because what what the zapper gun is doing is it's just a light reader. And so what <laughs> happens is when you're shooting the duck, when you click it, it turns the screen black, and where the duck is becomes a white cube. And when you shoot it, if you're correct, that's what registers. So the way that the flashes were when it would flash on the screen and the sound effect, the whoosh, yeah, reminded me exactly of Duck Hunt. And yeah, I was like, I this is that. distracting. I'm just waiting for it to go. And I'm the dog. <laughs> so he, he gets upset with the TV. He kind of like violently grabs her hair, but doesn't like hurt her. But it just shows like the kind of manic nature rising. Right. They put in the blue lens to match. And I was so relieved that they actually used a blue lens and it wasn't just like his other eye. Because you could see them totally cheaping out and be like, oh, wow, we got a really good match. Look at my eyes. You can't tell the difference. <laughs> um, so then they go home. And you right. can tell this is not California. And you can tell it's not the 2000s because he just leaves the window open on his car. Like, bitch, you're going to get your shit stole. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Oh, I was so like, that's not normal. Yeah. And it's funny because you did uh, mention, or in the notes at least, that the wife has a British accent, which I also was like, that's weird. Where did he meet her? Well, she tries to do Southern. That's the, she's just a shitty but it, actress. It, it goes, it bleeds through yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's wavelengths yeah. where it's like super British, the Queen Cheerio Pip Pip. I mean, maybe you play baseball overseas. Do they? I think we mean cricket. That's what they call it. <laughs> it's a little far fetched. So, wife wants to show the surprise. There's a present on the floor. Two dad for a mom. Oh, I'm gonna be a oh daddy. Oh my god, I'm gonna be a dad. That's so sweet. And then he's like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Sorry. I think I hear my mom calling for supper. Gotta go. Bye. She's worried. <laughs> and, you know, he's clearly concerned about the financial situation. He looks out the window and sees the stakes in the wheelbarrow and kind of stares at it for a while. Right, right. Which is a little weird, right? Because they don't actually have any kind of emphasis on what that is at any point before this. Yeah. It was just some random stakes and dirt pile in the backyard. I guess he was working on doing some uh, landscaping, but whatever. So he opens the present and it's a crib. And there was a cute little joke. What? A crib? I thought this was a present for me. Like, that's cute. Yeah. That's that's a dad joke. You'll be great (laughs) at this, Mark Stash Mill. That's what you call him. (laughs) Stash Skywalker. (laughs) I like it. Guy with the mustache from the Giver. (laughs) That's what we called him. Yeah, yeah. The Stashker. I got plenty of them. That was the Joker. Nothing. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch of shit. Oh yeah. So he, pretty much it comes down to he wants to take his wife to Bone Zone, and she's like temporary hiatus. But I like that he's so ignorant. He's like, "Well, can't we have sex if you're pregnant?" And he's, she's like, "No, it's not that you're. I'm pregnant. It's like you got a fucked up face, dog." Yeah, it's just that, like you know, I think she says, "I don't feel sexy right now." Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, "Is it the eye? I can put my contact lens in." And he's like, already there. He licks his finger and gets the eye and puts it in. I was like, Ugh, you nasty boy. Like, you need to jerk it yourself. Meanwhile, he's licking his fingers, licking the contact, putting it in. It's all his own fucking germs. Whatever. I don't think that's how it works. I think he's going to get infected. He's going to get some fucking weird ass pink eye. Well, then also. Because he scratched his fucking butthole before yeah, that. For sure he did. <laughs> for sure he did. But the wife apologizes to him for not wanting to fuck him. Yeah, that was weird. That's That was really weird. This is a sign of the times. Ladies, never apologize to a man if you don't want to fuck him. You just tell him, I don't want to fuck <laughs> you. 
And then he goes out and he buys a flashlight because it's 21st century and we should be able to, we are above such petty things as lust now. That's my right? purse. I don't know you. <laughs> so he cuts, he starts having these violent flashes when he sees the corpse. Uh, I oh, put, big titty corpse. Yeah, he says, looked outside, sees tittied corpse rising from grave. <laughs> That's right, big titty. He gets the flash, has the headache, goes to the backyard. She calls him inside. She goes, takes her keys and she's going off to work. He... he is this where he sees um, hands grabbing or no, a leg? Is it a leg in, in the ground? I think it's a little bit before that because he, he has the flashes and gets sassy with her. And she's like, there's no need to yell. See, Chad didn't watch this. So he can't be yelling at me saying, no, you fucked up because well, you're, you're jumping just ahead. The next scene because he, he, like, he yells at her. But then he's like, oh, did I? The next scene yeah, is when okay. he's digging it up and finds the feet. The next scene is when he has the bloody hand in the garbage disposal. Right, he's at the garbage disposal. He's yeah. A, yeah, he's clearly seeing something that isn't necessarily his vision. It's something that maybe you're getting the slight hint that something carried over with the transplant. Yep. He reads some of the Bible. The wife gets home after dark. And then he, you know, he started the crib. And when he's in the crib, putting the wall of the crib up, he sees the perspective of a first-person perspective from a baby whose mom is yelling at it because it shit all over itself, and she puts a cigarette out on his face. Jesus. Super brutal. Not fair. Super brutal. And, you know, and that actually kind of reminded me of, did you ever see Mindhunter? Oh, yeah, 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 on Netflix. So with Mindhunter, and I, I mean, I'm sure it has a lot to do with a lot of serial killers where they just have fucked up childhoods, and I feel like more often than not with these um, adult males, they have mothers that were really abusive. Oh, yeah. As you know, as kids, and it just carries over for their like uh, anger and aggression look at towards, tool, look at towards women. Yeah, making yeah. them dress like girls and stuff. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's probably why Danzig wrote that song. <laughs> you know, you think so? Long way back from hell for sure. Huh? Interesting. Gotcha. The, obviously, the joke was mother, you motherfuckers. Mother. Nice, Brian. T- <laughs> take a shot. Take a shot, motherfucker. Oh, Jesus, that's the first time in a long time. Uh, so there's more flashes. Blah blah blah. Admit. Oh, okay. So here's where it gets. He tries to get frisky again. He's like, "Come on, let me fuck your face." And she's like, "No, don't fuck my face." <laughs> and so he like holds her down. And normally, rape stuff really makes me uncomfortable. But I was so shocked that I was looking at Luke Skywalker's ball sack and taint. <laughs> that it didn't even occur to me that he was assaulting her. Yeah, it was I really was weird. Shocked. I, Chad, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Chad believed that there was a stunt butt. Or was that you who believed there was a stunt? No, butt? I didn't. I I saw a butt and I was like, oh, that's Mark Hamill butt. Yeah, clearly not an athlete. But butt. it was more than just a butt. Apparently, it's very smooth. I feel like a baseball player with the squatting posture of uh, at you know at bat is that more of a sinewy, muscly butt. Yeah, I could I could see that. I have nothing to base that on. I'm just speculating. Uh, so he, he bites her. He to bites the, point. the fuck out of her shoulder. Yeah, she's yeah. bleeding, and she's like, "Look what you did!" And he's like, "Get out of here!" And he's reading the Bible, and she's on the couch, and she comes up. He's muttering to himself, reading the Bible, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, yeah, it's it's really strange. It, it seems like almost the guy that had the eyeball was also maybe like a religious fanatic because. Because the way he's like reading the scripture over and over again, very kind of almost like a zealot, 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 yeah, almost like a zealot, right? He tells her that I see things. He tells her, I told you to leave me alone. He goes to the doctor and confronts Dr. Lang in the parking lot. Right. He finds out that the donor was executed and died in a gas chamber. Oh, by the way, right? John Randall. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, what's interesting is they already bring up God before they even do the transplant. And so Mark Hamill's saying, oh, this is clearly what God's intentions are because he gave us the scientific means to do this. And she's like, I don't think so. You'd think that somebody who was this religious, if they knew that it came from a murderer, they'd be like, yep. right, right, right. They're like, yeah, that's a hard pass, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Wild Wild West where they take the severed heads and they see the last thing that they saw. Remember that? No. There's a whole scene where Kevin Klein like reanimates the head by putting light through oh. it and you use the corneas and it's like the image was burned into your head. Oh yeah, it's super fun. It's been so long since I've seen that. They movie. have like the metal disc things around their head and the buzzsaw cuts their heads. It's fun. You should check it out. Huh. It's ridiculous, but it's kind of fun. Uh, they've established that Randall's mother abused him because uh, he goes to a library and gets to use microfilm. Right, right, right. Where is our microfilm? I was just at the library by my house. No microfilm. Yeah, I remember watching this and the doctor saying, oh, yeah, it's John. Ra- was it John Randall? John Randall? Yeah. Something or another. And he's like, oh, well, clearly I need to go to do research. And I was looking at Michelle. I was like, time to go to the library. <laughs> yep. You know, when they fucking do the little slides and she even tells him how to do yep. it, which is like, <laughs> God damn it. I'm so jealous. Then it goes to him working in the backyard again. He is digging frantically. And she's yep. like, what are you doing? And he's like, I have clearly, to finish digging your grave. Clearly whore. digging a grave. I mean, you didn't have to ask. Like, it looks like a fucking grave. Come on. If it looks like a grave and it walks <laughs> like a grave, it's a grave. <laughs> She's not good at Pictionary. <laughs> it's a jackal. It's a jackal. <laughs> I don't like Family Guy, but I've always thought that was funny because yeah, it's so was, relatable. We're really like, God good. damn it. Why do you keep guessing the same thing? <laughs> That's like me with my wife with charades because she did not grow up in a family that played charades. So I, ne- I never played charades. Dude, I'll try and like mime something at her in, like in Costco and I'm trying to like slyly talk shit about somebody next to us. And I'm like, and she's like, <laughs> get with the picture lady yeah so if anybody like comes and like raids your house and the lights turn off but you guys both have like are able to see each other you don't want to say anything so you're getting her hand signs you guys are fucked no she's like no yes no <laughs> yeah she would be terrible on a SWAT team but he he drags her inside after tackling her he ties her hair around the leg of a table which I think s- is that that's pretty brutal it's like it's very like clever it I, is it is clever and i feel like you don't see it a lot yeah i feel like because the further she or the harder she pulls on it the tighter she's drawing the knot so it kind of makes sense but he says that the stuff that the eye makes him see is so damn satisfying reminds me very much of sam neil and event horizon yeah oh the things i've seen yeah and uh she tries to get him to look in the bible she sees says like oh your name's in the bible it's brent it's not john randall and he sees two you know brent from Whatever her face, Brit Tucky. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Sorry, this is going a little off topic. What was that Michael J. Fox uh, horror flick? Back to the Future. Sorry, Teen Wolf, obviously. Is it Michael J. Fox? It's Michael J. Fox. I know you're talking about. It's it's not Scanners. It's uh, Frighteners. No, it's uh, Frighteners. I think it might be Frighteners. No? No, it's not. He and the guy gets. Yeah, it's Frighteners. He gets Flatliners and Fright. Yeah. And he gets taken over by like a guy who, who killed a bunch of people, right? Yeah. And he becomes like the killer 2.0. Frighteners, Michael J. Fox. We nailed it. Together, we are the best amateur podcast out there. And all you other amateur podcasts, like of a, which there are many. I forget what the actor's it. name is, but he looks like a skinny Busey. Do you want me to look it? No. I, no, I just pulled it up fine, on It's fine. It's fine. The guy, the main uh, evil dude. Main. There's nobody named evil dude. Is it Ray Linsky? Oh, shit. John Aston was in it. Gomez Adams himself. Oh, it's Jake Busey. That's literally his son. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, he said that, I was like, that's why I wanted to look it up because I'm like, Tomcat. I was like, skinny Busey. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Oh, for sure. He's great in Starship Troopers. We should do that one. 
Starship Troopers? Oh, Frighteners. Uh, sure. Oh, whatever. No, I, but you know, I'm, I'm obsessed <laughs> with Paul Verhoeven, so I'll, we'll bargain together. We'll do Frighteners for you, and we'll do Starship Troopers for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's horrific when you think about it. Okay. And then he uh, stabs himself in the eye with the shears, which apparently John Randall used shears to kill his victims. Stab himself in the eye to death. And if the right eye offendeth thee, cut it out. Is yeah. It's on the bloody Bible page. Cut to black. And we go back to John Carpenter in the morgue. So he has the springing eyeglasses. Love those fucking things. <laughs> Love those. So silly. And he's, he says with the one eye that Mark Hamill could have become an umpire. I like that. Classic bit. Yeah. Love that's it. really good. Yeah. I make a lot of jokes about, you know, referees in hockey not being able. I'm like, you know, I'm all for disability rights, but should they really hire the blind to be referees? And then they can never hear me because the acoustics in the arena, but it's fun to say. Speaking of which, St. Louis Blues. What the hell happened, right? Fucking doing it. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm by the end of the series, I was rooting for them. Yeah, the Blues are my favorite of that division. I have I have a favorite in each division, and they're my favorite of that division. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. They always grind it out. Yeah, and I, I really miss when they were affiliated with the Chicago Wolves. Chicago Wolves are my second favorite AHL team. And so, yeah, it's kind of a shame that they're now affiliated with the butt-fucking Golden Knights. <laughs> Ugh. God, more like the Golden Showers, am I right? <laughs> Some people are into that thing. Yeah, like Marc-Andre Fleury, you PP man. Or Mark Hamilstash. <laughs> Uh, so this is where you realize that John Carpenter's character is actually a corpse because he takes yeah, off the scrubs and he has he, the hole. He has a giant hole, right? Uh, yeah. I love the reveal. It's so silly and fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, he lays down, and and this is where Tom Arnold and Toby Hooper come, and they Randomly, cut into Tom some... Arnold. So what? weird. Where did that come from? No idea. <laughs> At this point, I think he was already collecting that sweet Roseanne alimony. So what the <laughs> fuck does he care about working for? Yeah, buddy. So uh, they're weighing his organs, and Tom Arnold says, "What the hell has this guy been drinking? Formaldehyde?" And it's yeah, like, that's Tee-hee. good. That's... <laughs> and then uh, they start sawing into his head as it pans out, so when it's spinning, and then it's the John Carpenter type music, and the movie's over, and it's the credits. It's great. I love this movie, man. Yeah, it's great. I love every bit of it. Yeah, it's ju- has just enough humor and just enough gore to have a, a fun in between. So I like the way again they sandwich the fright i guess you'd call it more like a tense a high intensity film in the what is it called the gas station yeah is it gas station i think right so in terms of horror i would rank it two three one but in terms of quality i would rank it one three one three two yeah exactly yeah but i think that when you're doing a horror anthology it makes sense to do the most horrific one last even though i don't think it's the strongest but it's kind of goes to the point we made earlier where you want your thesis statement to be strong you want your closing to be the second strongest point, and then you put whatever else in the middle. Right, right. So the first one has the build-up intensity kind of horror to it. The second one has the the comedy kind of goofiness. It's all silly. The premise is silly to too, yeah. Right. And then the third one has more or less the, I guess you would call it the practical uh, horror, right? Yeah. Or like with the eyeball. right? Straightforward, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's technically like, two of these things kind of involve implantation, but it works. You know? Right. Because even though they say it's not a non-surgical procedure, the fact is they're still implanting him with these alien snake creatures in hair. Yeah. So, but I mean, I thought it was very effective. Each part is good. It makes me really wish they would have done a full series. This could be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I, going back, I love the premise of, you know, instead of a crypt keeper, it's a guy who's like walking around and finds the Tobet tag and is like, oh, what killed this guy? How interesting. Like, let's look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I wonder how they would be able to redo the same guy over and over again. Right. 
from every week if they were to do like once a week or once a month. Oh, it'd whatever. be fun if like right. as the series progressed, he deteriorated a little bit further. Yeah, that'd be kind because of cool. Like, like it'd be episode. like a American Werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. We should tell him. You know what we should do is we should just send it to Shutter and see if they'll do it. Be like, hey. Yeah. I mean, it. W- I, I feel like it would. they would knock it out of the park. What would you say would be like Slay of the Game? Slay of the Game for me is the guy being crushed in the first one. <laughs> I love Same it. Same thing. Yep. I think it's so gnarly. Because I've been watching a lot of Ultraman from 1966. And I know you're like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? <laughs> but the original titles for that show, if you've ever seen it, you can find them. The whole first season's free on YouTube. And it's paint swirls. And they reverse the thing. So originally it says Ultraman and it reverses so you can actually see it. It's kind of hard to describe. But huh. the way that the contrast was reminded me of that kind of technicolor goop. And so that was kind of fun. And so, yeah. Uh, what about you? You're, you're Agreed. Agreed. So yeah. now is this a classic, a trashic or a tragic? It's trashic. Yeah. I think that if it took itself more seriously, it could be a classic. But I mean, not the classic, but I think it's a yeah and what's what's unique about it is since it was only kind of like a one and done we can actually have it in this category yeah because otherwise we would i don't even know if we would even cover this right because it's like episodes of like tales from the crypt i'd like to cover okay but you know i it's kind of very specific yeah Yeah, and it's hard too because we try and make sure that all the content we do on the show is easily found online whether it's youtube or shutter right 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 um and so just getting a one-off episode of tales from the crypt is not that easy i mean even with hbo now it's kind of hard to coordinate so yep uh now i have we have a new thing that we've been talking about which i was calling tips for the well-rounded fright fan which is just some media that you enjoy doesn't matter when it came out. It's just something that you enjoy that was not specifically horror related. I'll go first. Okay. I watched the anime Godzilla trilogy on Netflix. It is so fucking weird. I don't <laughs> I don't animate, right? You you guys have animated. I have very I mean, I've seen Akira and that's about it. Okay. It is so fucking weird. I don't know if it's weirdness that like transcends and it just applies to all anime or if it's just this, but I kind of loved it. Yeah, yeah. I got. I mean, I've delved into a bit of anime myself, and actually, I I feel like I want to introduce you to one of my favorite animes. Oh, um, exactly. It's Aladdin. Uh, it's it's a uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion. Yeah, I've I've seen images of it, but I've it never is watched it. fucking absurd. Cool. It is crazy good. Uh, it's like Gundam, but on steroids. And those things are huge, right? It's, the the yeah. robot things. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fucking crazy. So just uh, we had check some it great out. submissions. So I have uh, a, a gaff. I, I fucked up. We had a bunch of great fan submissions when it came to uh, potentially doing an anime horror. Okay. And the story lapsed and I don't have them all written down. But I have some. I want to say, didn't you uh, Van Helsing? But it was a, it was a series. though, Yeah. Right? But in the con- or was it the conversations on Instagram, we have a bunch. So I wanted you and Chad to review it because you guys actually know. Yeah, more yeah, anime, yeah. So. absolutely. But it's coming on the horizon. I think probably in August yeah. we'll do one. I think it'll that'll be, be fun. fun. That'll be really fun. Because, because this way, I mean, I'm, I'm going to come into it completely blind. as Well, to- and what's fun about anime horrors or just anime in general, right? Along with any kind of cartoons is you're able to have a broader picture when it comes to what you can do. Yeah, there's no budget. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, okay, it just depends on what the fuck they want to do when it comes to the animation. They can do anything. And usually, like anime, it's over the top gore, which is great. I heard, so in, I, I Google, briefly Google searched like anime horror 
And there was something like Black Bible where it's a bunch of ladies with dicks. Is that a horror one that you're aware of? That's hentai. That's that was pornography. <laughs> no, I don't know. Not on my I'm, work I'm, computer. No, no. But <laughs> no, it was, I'm not sure. But it, it sounds like hentai. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, uh, I don't know. What makes it scary? If it has tentacles and it's girls that have dicks. Um, I didn't. Hear, I don't. I ain't said nothing about tentacles, but <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. And I was like, uh, is that normal? Is that a thing? I, I haven't heard. Okay, cool. We'll figure it out. We'll check it out. So that. Oh, yeah. What's your. What's some media that you enjoyed that's not necessarily horror related? I was going to go with anime as well, okay. which is really weird because a couple days prior to the wedding, for some reason, I got wild hair up my ass and I decided to watch Ninja Scroll, which is like an iconic anime film. Chad, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something that I feel like is referenced a lot throughout. I forget when it came out, but uh, it has a few cringy scenes. Which I feel like a maybe, lot of anime does, right? Yeah, exactly. Some I feel of the like people maybe, who I talked about were like, I might steer clear of this, even though as a whole, it's good. Right, right. Which is which again, and this is probably delving into other things. But when it comes to like Japanese culture with them being so, I guess, timid, very timid, right? They're they're like, we need to fucking branch out and go all crazy like and they go overboard. Ninja Scroll comes out 1993. Wow. Well, coincidence. About two months and three days before this came out. That's cool. That's really cool. There you go. Keep it in the 93s. We have So I Married an Axe Murderer, Ninja Scroll, this. Don't add that to the list. You shouldn't say it in the same sentence. Shouldn't add it to the same sentence. Bing, bong, boom. (laughs) Well, here I'm tying it all together. Charlie in So I Married an Axe Murderer openly talks about his attraction to Josie and the Pussycats. And you're talking about hentai. So, I mean, it's the same thing. (laughs) I like it. Awesome. Is that time of the week? Yeah, buddy. Uh, so over here at uh, Slashers Pod, if you ain't watching him dying, you ain't really trying. And for producer Chad, for Brian, for Jake, I'm reminding you to go out there, rate, subscribe, follow, do all the stuff you got to do to make us rich and famous and su- successful so we don't have to have day jobs and all we have to do is talk about bullshit and go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy. I'm done with the wacky voices. I'm done with the John Carpenter impressions. And now it's time for my sultry radio host voice. This is the hidden track for the week. We have Golgothan Remains. They are a radical band who have provided us graciously their song, From Chaos It Has Come. Check out their upcoming shows. They're going to be at Heathen Fest 3 on June 1st at the Maruya Waterfront Hotel, the Brightside Brisbane on June 21st with Dragged Into Sunlight and Shrine, but with a Z. You see, I said that because Australia, a Crowbar on 623 with Incantation and Christian, and then Crowbar again July 6th with Sumeru, not to be confused with Subaru, and Mental Cavity. So maybe that person might need to see a mental dentist. But um, I'm quite fond of this song, so make sure to go and check out Golgothan Remains. I should have asked if that was a reference to the Golgothan shit demon from Dogma, because, you know, what remains in Golgotha 
is the poop when they take the bodies off of the crosses. It's kind of a morbid thought. Made worse by the fact that I'm festering with feces. But anyway, enjoy this song once again. Golgothan remains from chaos. It has come. 